0: This is Drex1. Welcome to another episode of the History of the Bay podcast, sponsored by the good people of Amoeba Music, San Francisco. Support your local record store. Also sponsored by the homies at Dying Breed, San Francisco, for some of this gear and all your graffiti supply needs. Today, behind the lens, we got King Said. We got Rocky Vision on the boards. We got D.E.O. making a do with a do. Shout out to the producer, Skino, And uh, also got to let y'all know, July 9th, Sunday, History of the Bay Day Party at Midway San Francisco with Keek the Sneak, San Quinn, Looney's, Mac Maul, Hello Rappers, Hello Graffiti Artists, Graffiti Gallery by Diane Breed, live podcast with Lil Blood, Women in Hip Hop panel. It's going to be bananas. Get your tickets. While you can, I'm going to put the link in the description. But yo, today, I'm really honored. We got a very special guest. He came a long way to be here. A really important figure in the history of Bay Area graffiti. Somebody who's well-respected. Someone whose work I've admired for a long time. A lot of people been asking for him to come on the podcast. And he's here. We tapped in and made it happen. What up? Benny Dyer in the yeah. building.
1: Hey, what's up, bro? Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Yeah. Of course, man, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Appreciate you uh making it up here. Um you got a lot of good people around you giving yeah. you support and making stuff like yeah,
1: this possible. L- yeah, luckily. Yeah, like my boy Harv here, yeah. Take his time out of his day to bring me up here and drive and all that.
0: Yeah, we appreciate um, that. We appreciate that, man. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, our conversation and um I like to usually start at the very beginning. I mean, for those who don't know, just a real quick intro. This man is a graffiti legend. Uh, he's also the co-founder of Clout Magazine.
1: Yeah, somewhat.
0: Somewhat. Okay, we'll get into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get into that. If you don't know, just pause this real quick and do some Googles. But we're going to get into the full story. And starting with, um, where are you from and, and what was your childhood like growing up?
1: Um, Originally, I'm from uh, Gilroy. Gilroy, California. And it's probably about 20, 30 minutes south of San Jose. Um, spent a lot of time in San Jose, too. Went to school in San Jose for a little bit and had a lot of friends in San Jose and that kind of thing. Did graffiti and ended up working in San Jose when I was a teenager. Uh, childhood, um, Gilroy, uh, a lot of graffiti everywhere, like Tag banger graffiti, mm. flow tags, the old school flow tag stuff, uh, a lot of gangs and drugs. So uh, kind of grew up around that. And and, uh, and yeah, so t- always, um, yeah, always appreciated the graffiti and liked it ever since I was a little kid. So it kind of just came natural.
0: Yeah, Gilroy is one of those places people think it's like, uh, you know, suburban, quiet, small town. Yeah. You know, and I I feel like especially in Northern California, it's like some of the same issues you see just about anywhere, right?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the outskirts, they have all the nice, you know, nice nice houses and everything all around the edges. But inner Gilroy is it's it's uh yeah it's pretty good yeah I mean yeah, you got a lot of uh it's like I think the population is like half white half Mexican, it's about that, and uh yeah, a lot from all the uh farm workers and stuff there's a lot of generations of uh Mexican families and Chicano and everything right, so
0: yeah, so you mentioned like seeing graffiti around, yeah what what age did you yourself start experimenting?
1: Well, I remember having like early grade school, having like bubble letter contests and that kind of thing. My, um, my cousin, uh, real mystic. And he was actually, uh, one of orphans partners back in the day when orphan was, uh, I believe he's living in a group home in Palo Alto where my cousin lived. And, and so I'd always see it as a kid. And then I remember walking to school, um, as a kid, seeing a bunch of tags like I, I um, the the high school here you know where high was between my between my school and my house, so there's always a lot of graffiti around the high school. I see it there a lot too. And uh when I really first started, I'd say, well, the first time I got caught, I was 11, so I'd say around there, yeah, like 10, 11 years old, when I started like taking it more seriously.
0: Getting caught in school or getting caught by, by the Caught by the
1: police. Popos. Yeah. It's funny. I played uh, back when rollerblades, all popular. I was like on my rollerblades. I played a lot of hockey and stuff. But uh, yeah, some stupid shit. But got caught doing some shaker tags in the daytime. It's a whole long story. But uh, ended up doing the uh, scared straight uh, prison thing that that was my uh penalty or whatever.
0: Like they took you into the prisons?
1: Uh yeah, Tracy prison. Like fifteen of us. Um yeah, I was eleven years old at the time, twelve. They didn't really like pay attention much to me. I was just like a little white kid, you know. So they were paying attention to like the cholo kids and shit. But but yeah it was experience.
0: Yeah. They might have just been like, where are you why are you in this program? Yeah. You were tagging yeah. on the rollerblades.
1: Yeah, well, talk to the game, man. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, the fucking twelve-year-olds with tattoos that had done drive-bys and shit. Right. Yeah.
0: But obviously, that did not scare you straight.
1: No, taught me to be smarter and not go to prison. Yeah, definitely didn't want to fucking go to prison. But, but yeah, I mean, no. I got arrested another eight times or something for graffiti later on.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, uh, graffiti is—I have a couple cases in my history, too. It's like—it's not that much of a deterrent when you're young.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, it's a lifestyle, too, so it's kind of just—what are you going to do? It's like somebody's skateboarding or something. I'm not going to— quit skateboarding because they got, got a citation or, or some yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So as your experiments, I mean, are you are you like you mentioned like bubble letters. Do you have like an artistic background too besides um, that?
1: Yeah. I mean I was never really very good, but but I um yeah, I was just um talking about it with a friend actually. My uh grandmother or kind of step grandmother whatever my grandpa's girlfriend bought me an easel when I was like five years old and some paints and shit. So, yeah, I always was, like, into art, and drawing, and that kind of thing.
0: And when you when you take it from, like, the bubble letters to actually going and tagging on the streets, are you just pretty much figuring it out on your own, or do you have um, friends or mentors? Or-
1: yeah, well, at first, kind of figuring it out on my own, or I would see, I never talked to my cousin about it, but I would see the graffiti at his house, and that his friends tagged on and sketchbooks and he had a whole, like his garage, he's a DJ. So in his garage, he had turntables. And, um, I remember like alcoholics poster. And then remember like going through a sketchbook and being orphan stuff. And I'm um, having no idea who orphan was at the time, but just having like, a yeah. You and know, seeing different things in the sketchbook and being like, Oh, that's cool. Or actually a big influence. I remember when we we're like nine or 10, we had, a uh, I forget if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, but down at my mom's house. And we took a walk to the... go uh, to high a couple blocks away, and he was... Did all kinds of tags and shit. And I was all... I was all like... uh, Yeah, I was all like enamored or whatever. I was... So it was cool.
0: So you basically think... You're seeing it kind of up close, and then you're thinking, oh, I can do this. Yeah. This looks yeah. kind of fun. Let me try this out.
1: And then... um, Yeah, and then also in junior high... There was like a there, right along the railroad tracks, and there was a wall there, and different walls along the uh, along the railroad tracks that had pieces. And always thought that was like the coolest shit. Walk by there twice a day, like to school and home from school. Check out the pieces and stuff, and try to go home and draw and copy it or whatever. It a lot of influence. Are
0: there any other like writers in in Gilroy like history that like really put it down?
1: Uh, yeah. Well. DTC's from Gilroy, okay. started in Gilroy um, by, uh, by Crete, Crete 85. And then I think the first people we put in were like uh, Chris, Acro, I Browse, um, a couple others, Eames. And Jabber got in pretty... He wasn't from Gilroy, but got in soon after um, a couple others. I'm probably forgetting right now. But uh, yeah, no, they were the ones... Biggest influence on me. They were the only like non tag banger like uh, crew that was doing pieces, and a lot of them were tag bangers. And then kind of you know stepped it up to doing pieces and things, and that was those uh, had some freeway shots and had pieces along the on the railroad tracks, and so that's where I got a lot of influence from, definitely.
0: So you grew up seeing that, and then eventually you yeah. you joined the crew.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like a. Like a kind of a dream come true type of thing. As a kid, they were all my mentors and who I, uh, who I, um, looked up to, you know, and I was always like, I mean, now being three, four, five years younger is no big deal, but when you're in high school or a little kid, when you're 13 and they're 18, it's a big difference. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, especially Chris, Chris, um, the guy who, originated clout that, uh, it's his baby. He's the one who really started it. Uh, yeah, he like kind of took me in as a, as a kid and was my biggest mentor for sure.
0: How did you guys first meet?
1: Actually on the road tracks at like eight, nine in the morning. Um, I was out there, we had this wall and I would just sit out there, like bounce out early and watch people painting the wall. And he just walked up one morning and We're chilling, and then he got a uh, page to go uh, pick up Jabber down like 15 minutes south or something. He's like, Wanna go? I was like, Yeah, sure. Didn't have any shit else to do, and bam, from then on. Yeah, so.
0: That's dope. That's always cool when you, I feel like with with graffiti, it's either uh, one or one of two. Ways you can go with older cats. They're either going to try to punk on you and and take your pain or something, or they're going to look out for you and and trust you some love.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It was, yeah, it was like eight in the morning, all foggy. No one was out there. I was just uh, a little kid, kind of, you know, I was 13. And yeah, I just went out there early in the morning. Like I'd always uh, bounce out of my house early, like, uh, Yeah, my mom was, like, kind of a pack rat, and our house was all crazy, so I was kind of just out of there as soon as I could and chilling at the wall, and then he, like, walked up to paint, and, yeah, and he kind of—my older brother kind of figure. and then he was also getting out of tag banging and stuff, so I was kind of a sidekick where, you know, it kind of worked out for both of us.
0: Were you already writing Dyer at that time?
1: Ah, No. No, I think uh, my first real name, well, the first name I got caught with when I was 11, I was talking about was Smoke. And I was, <laughs> I was uh, But um, no, I wrote Dust at the time. And then I had that only for a little while. And then I wrote Elude and caught a couple cases and caught a big case where I did like six months uh, when I was a juvenile. And then came up with Dyer when I was uh, 17.
0: Six months, as a juvenile for graffiti. Yeah. This is in Gilroy?
1: Yeah, well, we got caught, rolled up by sheriffs. Yeah, the first ones, me and my co-partner, um, we're the first ones to get locked up for, for graffiti is in Gilroy. Is Gilroy Santa Clara County? Yeah, it's the oh, last city in Santa so. Clara County. Yeah, they don't yeah. fuck around. And we weren't Santa in Clark. Gilroy. We were in between Gilroy and Morgan Hill and just done a bunch of freeway shots, and they pulled us over walking to the... uh to the bus stop, 68, middle of the night, so, and then, uh, yeah, they didn't arrest us right then, but then they investigated, and then it was over with, yeah, a couple days later came and arrested me at school. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that was kind of crazy. So, they
0: they caught you on the freeway, they found out what you write, and then they went and looked around, and were like, Yeah,
1: well, they didn't, they didn't know, that we just had like a couple, I had a couple stock tips that I, kind of everything else I'd gotten rid of. Empty cans and everything, all the evidence. So I thought, but then they found a couple of stock tapes in my um, in my bag. Well, no, actually, I had a glove that I used as a bag. And when the cops rolled up, I threw it under the cop car, and they didn't um see. But then when they patted me down, they found some a uh, couple of stock tapes in my bag, and and they knew too. The area was grilled and graffiti, and there was no reasons like it's kind of out in the country between cities, so there's no reason for else for us to be out there. And then um, they let us go. We missed the last bus. Had to wait till like six in the morning for the next sixty-eight to get back to Gilroy. But they, uh, yeah, a couple of days later, they did their investigation and went to my house and um, searched everything. And my mom was willing to help. So She's
0: <laughs> like straight. Yeah, him
1: out. yeah, no, exactly. So <laughs> I'd rather have him in, in jail than. Then I'm running the streets and the freeways every night. Like, oh, come on, Mom. But, uh, yeah, it's just the way it was. So, yeah, and they came in school. It was crazy because it took me out during lunchtime. Like, out of the office. First they brought me to the office. And and then, yeah, leaving school in handcuffs. And everybody fucking watching. But, yeah.
0: Were you doing that amount of damage? or do you, or is, Or were they just, like, cracking down?
1: Uh, A little bit of both. Um, It was weird. They were. uh, I had a lot of freeway shots, but it was a lot of like abandoned shit and old barns and weird shit like that between uh, Gilroy and San Jose. Um, So they only had like two things that even had to do with me. But then they charged me with every police report that had been made in the last like couple of months. Like, like I got. um, Your mom is a slut written in Sharpie at some elementary school that they fucking charged me with and then like other stupid shit like that. And then it was it was ridiculous. But uh but yeah, as we were there we're, the sheriff was driving us to juvenile hall in San Jose. He's like pointing them out. It's like, oh there's one. There's one. He's like, oh there's number seven. We were battling at the time. So another crew. So we had had a lot of freeway shots and uh yeah I wrote Elude back then and he and they're like pointing out all the spots. So when I figured when I got my charges that's what they were for but then there weren't. It was like one. It was like, yeah.
0: So as you as you catching this case, are you like, wait, well, holy shit! I didn't know it could go this far. Uh, Were you kind of prepared for accepting that risk?
1: Kind of. I didn't really know. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I mean, I um, went through the court process, and then yeah, the judge uh, was talking about tired of kids getting out of the boys' ranch so quickly. So. Gave me a minimum sentence, and ended up being like almost six months between juvenile hall, but yeah, it was a trip because I was locked up with people like stealing cars and all this shit, and they were had lower programs than me and got out before me and stuff. So it was it was weird to be uh, locked up for graffiti for, and then to be doing more time than like Grand Theft Auto and shit.
0: Yeah, see, I, so growing up in Frisco, I mean, you you they will still charge. Juveniles with felonies for graffiti and, you know, it, it gets serious. There's task force and all that type, vandal squad, whatever you want to call it. But overall, the city's pretty lenient on a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. But one thing I know about Santa Clara is, like, don't fuck around down there. No,
1: Santa Clara kind of, you no know, joke. And that's kind of why a lot of most writers that are like really into it end up moving. Um, like, I ended up moving to Portland and a lot of homies moved to Portland, Seattle, the Midwest, New York, um, Pittsburgh, everywhere, um, Minneapolis. Because, yeah, because it's, you know, you get three years in prison in uh, San Jose. So if you're caught, especially, especially well, then they made a uh, a law just if you had any uh, permanent uh, markers on you. If they found anything permanent marker, they'd give you a... Uh, you get arrested and you'd get uh just for having the just for having the uh s- supplies and at the very least you get your uh license um, suspended for a year. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I mean that that's that happened to me as a juvenile too and then uh I've definitely had to fight a couple felonies for like possession of graffiti supplies but you know like the San Jose area like anytime I even go out down there to a show or the club or some you see, like the police, like waiting to catch people yeah. in the parking lot. The gang task force shit down there yeah. is crazy. If you weren't a Niner jersey, they'll fuck with you.
1: Yeah,
0: is, is that? Do you think that's because like Santa Clara County has the whole Silicon Valley thing going? That's,
1: yeah, that's actually yeah. The original, all that big tech boom in the late '90s, early 2000s was was there. Was in San Jose. Or Northern Santa Clara County, you know, Mountain View and Palo Alto. Um, And yeah, they had a bunch of money. So they buffed everything real fast and would like, wanted to make an example. Actually, they had some graffiti abatement program that they like, that people would come from around the world because they had some kind of like 95% of all graffiti was was cleaned up within 48 hours or something, Mm. some kind of record, something like that. So, so like they had people from all around the world come to study how they, how they did it. And so, so yeah, it was just a real hard place. And then somewhere like Gilroy, a small town or small city, uh, all the cops know you and, and they would just do a bunch of illegal shit, like have no reason to pull you over, but they would anyways, walking down the street and, find markers on you or whatever and just arrest you. So yeah, it was always like I had to be on your toes.
0: Yeah, facts. Every every rider, damn near every rider I ever met from San Jose is like at least done some counting time behind graffiti. Yeah. Um so you do your six months as a juvenile, which I imagine sucked. You basically put your youth on pause for, for that time. Yeah. But when you get out uh again scared straight or no uh
1: not really well i uh well before i got locked up into the case when i was younger 15 my mom uh i had gotten caught a couple of times in like Gilroy. actually i got caught at the great america light rail station doing a scribe but then um cops were looking for like drug dealers hiding in the bushes these undercovers and fucking got me but um doing a dust Gilroy scribe but anyways uh, my mom um, I needed to go into one of those troubled youth camps in Montana oh uh, shit those boarding, like boarding kind of like military boarding school they, type like, shit one of
0: ones where they grab you in the middle of the night type yeah. shit
1: yeah well I knew I was going so I didn't have to get grabbed in the middle okay. of the night happened to I one was one on one house, house arrest yeah. but yeah the same the dudes came to pick me up I knew I was going so I was on house arrest at the time because I had gotten caught again and and they wanted to prosecute, but my mom, like, like during the meeting, I didn't even know about it. My mom, like, well, actually, I already got them signed up for this program, this school, so they made a deal that if I did that, they would drop the charges and I had to be on house arrest until that.
0: How was that shit? So,
1: uh, it was fucking crazy. It was uh, actually the best thing that happened to me in my life, but it was fucking crazy, you know, doing push-ups in, like, negative 10-degree weather with no no gloves that we weren't allowed, boots or hats, or, like, uh, I think we could have one heavy jacket. It's like, because their excuse was they didn't want people uh, trying to escape in the wintertime, so they kept us cold. And, yeah, and then... um, But uh, it was independent studies school, and then uh, I rebelled the first couple months, but then you kind of just have to conform to the program or you're staying till you're 18, so it's kind of like a... I was there for a while, but then started uh, independent studies and started doing my schoolwork and then started doing a lot of extra schoolwork and might as well. You know, I had the time and might as well get it done. And uh, yeah, like they do crazy shit, wake us up in the middle of the night and bring us to some weird pit and be spraying water at us as we're trying to climb the fucking wall with a backpack full of rocks. All kinds of weird shit like that. They um, um, Luckily, I was in America, but the programs like in Jamaica and Samoa got like in a bunch of trouble for child abuse and all kinds of shit.
0: Yeah, like so, whooping kids and shit like that.
1: Yeah.
0: So, but you said it was the best thing that happened to you. Did you get some discipline out of it? Yeah, I got
1: discipline out of it. I kind of, like I said, I grew up like in a pack right house, but it, I turned into kind of fucking OCD, neat freak. Uh, keeping everything really clean and like, uh, and uh, yeah, disciplined and kind of like um, put a mind state where a mind state where you like tell myself that I have to do it. And then even if it is kind of optional, either be graffiti or go to school or go to work, I would have to, I worked at like four thirty in the morning for a while, like at seven up and would paint till one in the morning and sleep in the parking lot and, for a couple hours, that kind of shit.
0: So you applied but, uh, that discipline to graffiti.
1: Yeah, to graffiti and just to life in general. Yeah. And I caught up in school. So then when I did do that six months, it was independent studies also. And I did a shitload of school work. I ended up actually graduating high school a year early from uh, from the boys ranch Well, I had to send in my send in my final report to I got violated and went back in but send in my final report to the adult school where I was finishing it up.
0: So around this time is is this is in the time period we're talking about, this is when you became dire. This is when you
1: picked up Yeah. After I got out. Well yeah when I got out the court ordered me to uh, live with my grandfather in Palo Alto and um, one of the first skate parks, I think one one of the first on the West Coast, Greer Park was there and it was like a legal wall and I painted it with some friends um, with my same name, and a cop came, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I stopped painting before he even came, and sitting on the grass and pretending to watch the skaters and shit. But then, um, there, there it happened to be, and then later on, my P.O.s came to my house and violated me and I was in handcuffs. They're like, "Yeah," and, and they, uh, they're shady too. A bunch of dead time. They waited two months until like my last week on, um, it's called pre-release, but pretty much like parole for juveniles. Um, Handcuffed me and they're like, oh yeah. And then they showed me the baseball card of the cop, graffiti task force, and he's standing in front of a piece. Yeah, he saw you there. We'd warned him, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, shit. So went in, did another month, had that same name, elude. And then, so when I got out, I couldn't use it anymore. It was like a couple weeks there where I would be with friends at the walls and just sit there like, shit, I don't know what to write. <laughs> I don't know what to do yet. I'm just chilling. So
0: how'd you come up with the name Dyer?
1: Uh, actually, uh, me, uh, Chris, Crete and his roommate, this uh, homie Mike, were all like eating breakfast at Taco Bell. And they're, uh, I was coming up with different names, like I wanted to write Bias found others another one wanted to write higher like the h-i-a-r but then it was too close to this guy high who was a um, like a big time freight writer at the time and uh and uh yeah but then real estate signed uh the homie mike was like what about dyer and there was uh, like a real estate company in called rj dyer and i was like and then i was thinking the word dyer and like the dire straits and like what it's meant what it's uh means and then um came up with my own spelling i wanted a uh, a in there so i liked a's and doing these like lowercase a's so i uh came up with that and name i got caught up or i got ratted out and uh ended up doing two weeks for they couldn't get me for graffiti so they got me for curfew and like stupid shit but uh my, some of my enemies ratted me out and uh yeah, and then it was kind of I kind of like the cat and mouse game too being that young and the adrenaline and cops like fucking mom be like they were here again but they were like trying to catch me at the house at 6 in the morning but I was out on the bus at 5.30 to go to work to take the bus to Gilroy so they thought they were slick like coming all early and but I happened to fucking already be working and graduating high school and shit so I was already out <laughs> so it's kind of funny and then that can never get me red-handed or had, like, any real proof. It was just hearsay.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds crazy to the average person, but that's the kind of notoriety you want yeah. as a graffiti writer. Yeah. When you know you're you really doing something when there's a file on you and and, yeah. and, 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 and cops got a, a real hard-on to try to get you. Yeah. And that is exciting, especially when you're
1: young. Yeah, I did a big roller film, and I did it with— pink fill and they uh, came to my house specifically searching all my clothes for the pink roller paint on my pants and stuff but I threw those pants out right after I did the shot so
0: yeah and then you also kind of developed some of those criminal skills
1: yeah since I had been locked up multiple times and gotten caught and I was uh, and you know like evidence from having sketchbooks or lost my whole picture collection I got you know, a lot smarter about things, and, and so they could, didn't have any evidence on me. There was nothing in my room there, you know, things like that. So, so, yeah, it was kind of, yeah, nice to be like, fuck you, and, you know, kind of the whole reason we do this shit.
0: Um, yeah, for sure. I'm going to just say real quick, though, because I'm big on this message. Kids out there, if you're watching this shit, <laughs> if you want to jump in this graffiti thing, you better be prepared for the goddamn consequences. That's all I gotta say. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do it, then do it right. But if you're thinking about doing it, you probably shouldn't fucking do it. Unless you're re- yeah. <laughs> unless you're ready. Unless you're, you're, ready. you're really ready for where this
1: shit can yeah, take. Can't you can't fucking get caught and be a rat. You know, you gotta you gotta you're gonna be in this game, you gotta fucking take the consequences when you get wrapped.
0: That part. So And you mentioned you got you got snitched out. So you're already having beefs at
1: this time. Well, yeah, growing up in Gilroy, you didn't really much have a choice, like with all tag bangers and shit. Like, when we are kids, we'd be like 12, 13, come up with the crew, and then two weeks later, we hear this gang or this tag banger, whoever didn't like us, and we didn't even really know. It was just kind of like rumors, so we'd get all scared and be like, oh, fuck, fucking, we, uh, we'd break up, you know, and then come up with a new name, Couple of weeks later, and then the same type of shit. But then finally, you just gotta, you just gotta hold your own and be like, "Fuck that!" And we got older, and uh, I started a crew with uh, my boy Sayer, and uh, this helped my homie Jaime, arts crew, and just eventually, just had to start putting it down and defending ourselves, and you know, just dealt with the consequences. I mean, it was part of the game. Yes, that is so a big we had, part. Yeah. yeah, we had a lot of tag bringer beef growing up through. through high school and shit and early uh, teen years. If we would have stayed there, it would have been, you know, we would have caught even more cases and actually my friends did catch some serious cases and so.
0: Yeah, that's another part of the game, kids. It happens to everybody. You're going to get something. You're going to get some type of hater. You're going to get some type of beef. You're going to get someone try to punk you out, try to jack you and yeah, I do believe that is pretty much the only way to deal with this eventually you gotta you gotta yeah. learn to stand stand your
1: ground. You gotta stand your ground and handle your business or people are just gonna walk all over you and try to try to yeah, you know, do whatever they want. Go over yeah. you, beat you up, take your shit. Yep. Mm.
0: And especially, ooh! Don't let that, don't let that be your reputation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't let that be your jacket. Yeah. Oh, that fool! Man, anytime fool. you see that fool, that's free paint.
1: Right. Yeah, it's free paint, fucking, that fool had to pay somebody to stop the beef. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we're so we're talking a little bit of offline yeah. about about uh, you know certain beefs and stuff. What? And I would just want to jump forward a little bit, like as, as a grown man now, like. What are your thoughts and what's your approach to 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 graffiti beef? Because I I think there's two there is like two ways to go about it, right? Like I think it's dope when two writers battle. Yeah, and it's about mm-hmm. style and ups.
1: Yeah, and keep it keep it hip hop and yeah, just and not, you know not, yeah. just
0: keep it about the art and the like skill the and, the and, and the culture. The and even though that can get funky too, that that has like positive benefits in a way because it pushes yeah. people to be dope. And then you got beef where it, it's just like you got to whip somebody's ass for writing their name next to you or writing yeah. it over you or... You yeah. Know. What are your thoughts uh, on that now as an adult?
1: Well, getting like, older, well, especially with with my accident and shit, and uh, now I really don't have problems with anybody or, you know, trying not to um, just kind of let it go and being a man and growing up. And it's just a time when you get older that, you know, it's, you don't want to be doing this shit your whole life with beefing with people and you know, a lot of us have kids and shit like that. And you gotta learn to just kinda I don't know, you still gotta hold your own though. So it's kind of a in the middle, you know, but uh just be a lot calmer and talk to people, give people more chances or whatever it may be. Or yeah, when you go and battle someone and keep it keep it that way where it's a battle where it's pieces on walls to see who's better or it's ups. Or that kind of thing. And yeah, keep it that way. We, uh, that's how we were as kids. You know, we'd always be like trying to keep it hip hop and we'd battle each other. And then eventually that never worked. We'd end up <laughs> fucking fighting a couple months later, you know, somebody get mad at somebody else or, or whatever. Somebody took somebody's girl. That yeah, girl's caused a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking. But, uh, as we've gotten older, it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's weird because it's kind of both. It's kind of like, oh, it's just some spray paint, painted on the wall, like, oh, well, fuck it. But then again, it's like, this is my art. This is my shit, like, or our shit. My homie did that, you know, and can't, who the fuck are you to think you could go over it or whatever. Different yeah. rules, different spots, you know, different places, but.
0: It, it's crazy, yeah. man. It, this This is the only art form where this happens. Yeah. Like. You never hear, like, a sculptor having a problem with another sculptor and then running yeah. in his studio and smashing all his sculptures. Like,
1: yeah.
0: you, never, you, you never see, like, you never go to some guy's art gallery opening and then there's some other painter in there <laughs> slashing open all his canvases. But yeah. it is it is some crazy shit because it's like, yo, you're destroying my work, bro. Like, yeah. this is my art. This spot has been there for, for this many years. This, I put this dedication to the homie who passed away. I, you yeah. know, uh, all these things are jail. very personal.
1: Yeah. Or something like in my situation. car accident. Like car accident and, yeah. And fucking like barely survived and wasn't supposed to survive or whatever it may be. And people like that and situations like that are, yeah, you had the spot first and and it's been there for years or you spent a couple of days or a week coming back you know, sometimes a month get to get do a nice production and someone come up and just think they could do some scribbles and shit.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: And we'd done it. I had to learn my lesson when I was a young kid. Oh, you yeah. You know, and do something stupid like that and then fucking, and the consequences come and,
0: yeah, I used to go around just hacking people
1: too, yeah.
0: <laughs> just for the fuck. And they're like, mm, I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the next thing I know, yo, you been hacking me? What? Oh.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's what happens. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. People take this seriously.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned like at a certain point you're like um you you bounced out of Gilroy.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. When I was 18, my like um. One of my boys, like Tagbanger Beef Sayer, he got, he got covered, he got a assault, a deadly weapon and got ratted out for some shit we had, we had done and other things are going down. And another homie put in the hospital um, and, shit, and being a small city, you can't really avoid it. You know, I mean, you kind of have your hoods, but there's only one jack in the box. There's only, you know, go to the liquor store or whatever it is. And you're going to run into it. You're going to run into them. Uh, but yeah, and then I had older homies, like I said, so when I was 18 and they're in twenties and they live in Portland and Seattle and different parts of the country, they're like, you gotta get the fuck out of there. You're going to catch either a major case for graffiti, being in Santa Clara County, and they already know who you are, or something's going to happen to you. You're going to get hurt or, or hurt somebody else and go to jail. So, uh. Yeah, and so I thought, and the cost of living and everything here, it's just crazy. So, so yeah, one day we just, uh, I visited Portland after a crew meeting, went up there for a couple of days, and for a week, Portland, Seattle, came home, was like, fuck this, and li- lived there two weeks later, nice. put in my notice, and was like, I'm out. Portland. Yeah, the Portland, yeah, I moved to Portland, yeah.
0: Good food, a lot of strip clubs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> known for that yeah good food at strip clubs yeah but
0: uh were you already (laughs) in kyt at this point too
1: um well i got in dgc when i was 17 Mm -hmm. i had known them for like four or five years and and putting in work and then uh and gotten out of jail every time i got out i kind of went harder and harder it was like it's kind of weird instead of slowing down i did more maybe just thinking about it for those months and seeing all it when when we're out on out working, having to go do work crew shit, seeing spots and having a whole list of shit I'm gonna do when I get out, whatever it may be. But uh yeah, I got in D V C and then later on we kind of like slowly just D V C and KYT merged. Got it. And then um there's some inner political politics that we, we deal with but we always keep it inside inside and have a united front and and uh but yeah and then um within a couple years of meeting everybody and because everybody being all spread out a lot of the homies didn't know me so but when i moved and started meeting everybody and and stuff and yeah they put me down in kyt also uh the homie puzzle who became uh it's one of my closest friends now yeah
0: and so there was already this presence in in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle, Portland, yeah. by your crew.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they had moved up there first. I remember when I was in that Montana, when I was 15, I came home and, like, everybody was gone. <laughs> like I just heard about all the different homies in San Jose or Gilroy. Even though I only knew him a little bit, Chris, I knew Chris real well. Um, at that point, we'd been kicking it for a year or two. But, um, and I'd meet the other homies, but I was always the youngster that, you know, and, um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't really paint with them very much. I was, wasn't very good and younger. Or they had their secret spots or whatever, train yards and everybody, you know, keeps that on it, keeps it close to them. So not everybody, a bunch of toys growing up. And, uh, but yeah, I came home and just hear about everybody's gone and then, when they came back and visited and saw how much shit I had running, too, and then Chris brought it up to them. We're like, yeah, fuck yeah, I got him in. I've known him forever, so, you know.
0: In terms of, um, like, the graffiti scene, like, I know, I definitely know there's a a lot of writers that have come out of Seattle. They're pretty serious about penalties up there, too.
1: Portland is. Portland is. In Seattle, maybe somewhat, but not now. I don't know if you've seen. Yeah, yeah. they for, made, I
0: haven't been up there in a minute. It's
1: but crazy, like but yeah, it's been running around the internet. But they, some judge, they like graffiti writers, freedom of speech, and some with the laws, that they're not even, uh, a judge made a uh, ruling that they're not even allowed to prosecute or arrest for vandalism, for graffiti at all now. So it's weird. They're going to change it. You know, that ain't going to last long. They got to figure out ways to Put in some new laws, but it's fucking nuts right now, yeah it's just grilled We're pretty much with the pandemic and even beforehand Portland and Seattle are fucking wrecked right yeah but Portland you... has some some fucked up laws too though kind of like kind of like a uh, Santa That's it's weird because everywhere is kind of loosened up, but those laws are still there for when they want to make an example right. of somebody right right
0: so yeah when well, they need to make some headlines or something yeah, but when you got up there I mean what what else are you doing besides graffiti? Um, or was it just like well, pretty much graffiti?
1: Nonstop? And then uh, I needed to find a job. I mean, I was I was racking, boosting, racking all my paint and um, boosting shit and hearing about like like e- eBay and shit back then. The people selling stuff and I didn't know shit about computers. I was real late on that game. But but while I stole the paint, might as well steal all day fucking expensive art supplies too so i ended up having like a closet full of that shit for then when i met a homie who wasn't good at the computer or knew all that shit and then fucking we would, we would uh start selling it and racking but then yeah i had to, uh it was weird because down here like i said i was working for seven up and had to work at like five in the morning uh in fremont living in Gilroy is like a 45 minute commute without traffic and uh and, uh, yeah, like every company is trying to like, like take each other's employees and offer more money and tons of jobs everywhere. I moved up to Portland and didn't realize it was like one of the worst economies in the country. And then plus, uh.
0: Yeah, it's like pretty much Nike. and That's why. Taylor, right.
1: That's yeah. Well, that's why strip clubs, they're strip clubs because for the women to work and why you can't pump your own gas for men to have jobs. And, um, and, uh yeah, I moved up there. Oh, and then I'd saved some money, a couple of grand, so I wouldn't have to work right away, enjoy the first couple of months, and paint, and go visit homies in Seattle, and, you know, and I'll just have fun, and do whatever, and then uh, September 11th happened. I moved up there like a month before September 11th, and then, bam, that happened, and then the economy got all fucked up, and it's really hard to find a job. I came really close to having to move back down here, but but there was a Home Depot opening up that they're building and then uh yeah, I worked graveyard there hmm. for a while.
0: But you're pretty much just one track mind, singular focus. Yeah. Graffiti.
1: Yeah, graffiti, graffiti, graffiti. I just had to you know, I did other things with so a head to got gotta have money to live. So right. yeah, I mean I sold a little weed and I'm always kinda like like the hustler mentality of when you come across something and then it's like all right I'll do that just happened to meet and have homies in Seattle that that were like big time with the weed and shit so I was like oh all right to well get weed up here and start selling it to some people I know in Portland so make a couple extra bucks yeah you know?
0: i mean i think when it comes to graffiti to really be great you need that that one track it's almost an obsession Yeah. i mean it's a addic- it's addicting. For me, I I got into music and other stuff, so my focus would be divided. By the time I got out of high school and shit,
1: yeah.
0: Um, but for the people who really, you know, made a mark on the game—no pun intended—I mean, just like anything, if you want to be great at basketball, you gotta eat, live, breathe, yeah. sleep basketball. Same with graffiti. Uh, your 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 output of work speaks for itself. I mean, I'm looking at this, this poster in front of me,
1: oh, that's, uh, just a few that's a couple is, things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is just a couple small little things from the portfolio, but your, your work on, on freights is very prolific.
1: Yeah. Well, that was, uh, well, at first coming from the small city, of are I, I there was only one little train layout that had maybe from one to five boxcars, but, uh, And it only was there every couple of weeks or sometimes uh it's like seasonal, it wouldn't be there for months. But being from a small city, trains were the one thing that I could paint that uh that put me into the real world of graffiti, you know, it was something I could start doing to start putting my work into to for everybody, like to start having a career in it. So as a teenager going and painting uh going and painting trains. Was like, yeah, the one connection to the to the real world, you know? Yeah. I mean, when you're a teenager and it's not like I could go to San Jose or San Francisco and try to do shit, even though I would try, but, but you know.
0: Well, I, I think... Um... And
1: then Portland.
0: Oh, yeah. Portland, Portland.
1: was all about trains. Right. That's kind of why I moved there. And then we even, not to get hot, because my boys, the reason why a couple of friends even lived in Portland is because they got warrants in California, so they moved to Seattle. Warrants in Seattle, so they moved to Portland, and so our plan was just freights, so we didn't get hot. We didn't do much bombing at first, and then over time we couldn't really help it. But yeah, yeah.
0: I mean that's the appeal of freights, right? It's like something that carries your work around the country and potentially the rest of the continent.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's been amazing. Didn't realize that at the time either, but yeah, yeah Canada, Mexico. Yep. Especially with them moving all the like uh, car plants and stuff down to Mexico. Um yeah, a lot of trains go in there now. And up in Canada. And that's what was great about Portland too, is I tried to paint every single kind of train I could to go to all different places and and it and it worked out.
0: Yeah, because when I did my my video profile on you, it's like that was a lot of the comments like, dude, this guy kills freights. Fucking freights, freights, freights. Like there's a lot of people that like that's like their their main love is like the trains. Yeah. Is that the case for you?
1: Kind of. I like bombing stuff more. Trains was like, well, I used to do a lot of bombing on trains where I would just do straight letters and do 15 to 20 in a night or something. Be there all night. Or there's some nights to do do a piece. And then i only be able to pull off one or two. But with my attention span and ADHD, I couldn't really concentrate that well all the time. So doing straight letters was just like... Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, it's about, for me more about painting surfaces. is um, growing up, we're talking about the buff and everything, and everything was just gray and brown down in San Jose and Gilray. And that was just buffed brown wood or gray, gray concrete. So getting out of there, freights were like a different surface, or when they come across bricks or weird shit, rusted old whatever and just so much other shit to do in different cities. Yeah, the whole architecture is way different. Everything's built different. It's not some just fuck up stucco buildings. Yeah. In mini, mini malls little yeah. fucking whatever. Shopping centers everywhere. And so, uh, yeah, all about the different services.
0: You got any crazy chase stories?
1: <laughs> it, too many. But, uh, <laughs> One of the uh, craziest, though, was um, uh, paying this train yard um, in the bay, in the East Bay, and you could see 680, you could see, yeah, 680 behind you, and you could kind of hear and see 880 from some certain angles, and there's a fucking high-speed chase. First it goes by, first we hear it go by on 880, and we see it go by on 680, and then we fucking... Then we see it go by on like the frontage road, like, like fucking 100 yards from the train yard. I'm like, oh fuck! And then fucking all of a sudden, some tweakers run up in the yard, and like, and we're painting, and like, what the fuck? And they're like, yeah, cops are chasing us for so high speed chase. The cop cop car just flipped. That's why we were able to get away. Blah blah blah. And we're like, questioning them more, and we're like, damn, this is hot as fuck now. Like these fools are going to come to the train yard cops you know and they were like can we use your phone and like this and that to call somebody to come pick them up we're like no and we're like where'd you park and they like describe some cars and it was our cars parked behind Honda it's called Honda I'm like oh fuck (laughs) and so I'm like like, how do we get out of here we don't want to be walking back to our cars the cops roll and think it's us and fuck man we were like so it was a weird like what the fuck do we do we like hid out for like a half hour hour like Hoping and washing our cars and finally a couple of us that drove, we had two carloads of people, so the ones that drove we went and got the cars and got it. And then we fucking turned around and go to uh went to Denny's and there's a flipped over cop car on the corner. And they tried to hit the corner too hard and we're like eating at Denny's, like, oh shit, those are what the dudes were talking about. And that was just fucking nuts. That was just a weird ass uh, time. Um yeah, there was a... Uh, here in San, uh, in San Francisco, here in San Francisco, I was only... Was I 18? Mine well, still went 17, 18. And I was just drunk and riding all over all kinds of shit. And Chris was looking out and kind of... Like, Why is his bike following us? It's like being a, a block behind us for, for like five, six blocks now. And I'm like, who gives a fuck in San Francisco? You know, and just riding on everything. And then a bunch of us are at the liquor store at the corner store or whatever. And um, cops raid it. For fuck all, crazy. And I run and being bigger. I was kind of fucking 6'4", overweight a lot of my uh, young life. And uh, so I can't really run from the cops. So I always had some other strategy. I like was running and looked back and the cop was not paying attention and talking into his microphone. So I dipped in a doorway and let the cop pass, chasing everybody else. I came out, ran the other way, and I had a bright white sweater on uh, that i had stole from Michael's, a jersey, jersey sweater, said, and, and shirts. Said. a lot of my clothes was from there back then. And uh, I pulled off the white sweater and threw it at like a bum, pulled my chain out, dabbed it in my chest, and just walk all normal and all these cops are fucking passing me the wrong way on a one-way street with their sirens on and I'm like doo, 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 doo. walk around the blocks and see my boy Chris got got rolled and a couple of cop cars caught a couple of people and then I'm still walking around and you know my way around the city city at all and then suddenly though one of our friends like saw me down and hey they're looking for you get the fuck over here and brought me in the house and yeah, that was kind of nuts, but got away. Um, never really got caught red-handed painting. Mm-hmm. I was always on some dumb shit when I was younger. Yeah. And college markers are getting caught, like I said, when we were on our way back to the bus stop, and then they investigated later. and Right. And then are, like, getting ratted out. And them, them trying to trying to get me, since I was on probation, they could search my shit anytime they wanted to. So the graffiti task force was... In my house once a week. But that's when the funny, like, cat and mouse shit, like, just laugh at him. Like, but, you know, probably should have changed my name, but didn't. and Moved off to Portland, and that was that.
0: Yeah, the more, the, the better you get at doing it, the better you get at getting away with it, too. Yeah. And, um yeah, usually some quick thinking.
1: You mind this. if I drink some water real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or if i have kind Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. And <laughs> back to your nap. But, uh... uh yeah, so... So... I don't know where we're, I what we're talking about. No, it's
0: all good. So you're you're in in Portland in the Pacific Northwest for a while. Eventually you decide to come back to the bay.
1: Uh yeah. Um I needed to family stuff. Mm-hmm. My mom um, rest in peace now. She had a of pain and stuff, but she was having a lot of problems and and even though some family was here it was kinda and it was just kinda time to come back anyways. Right. Every winter it fucking rained like oh, yeah. eight months a year and and I was always like, every day, especially when we're in my graveyard, I'd sleep most of the day and then wake up and hope that it was dry or dry enough, at least so I could paint some trains before I had to go to work and uh, or whatever. And then, uh, but yeah, so every winter I was like, I'm moving back. And, and then every summer I didn't. And then I was there for three years. But then fin- that final push when, uh, when my mom got sick. Um, ended up coming back and, um, yeah. And it was just kind of time, like, uh, like Chris, uh, my closest friend, mentor, like we we're talking about and stuff, but, uh, his kids are like my godkids too. So missing them and other friends and everything. So,
0: and this, and then you moved back to San Jose. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And
1: then, yeah. And then I moved back to San Jose. Um, yeah.
0: Is this, is this about the time that uh cloud started
1: um yeah well a little bit before that actually okay before i even moved to portland um uh chris uh chris um once he had kids and was like trying to straighten up his life and everything he was hustling but like legally like we would um he had the idea of like uh he was the first one to kind of do graffiti distribution like in the country well as far as we knew he started like hitting up the uh Man, graffiti magazine manufacturers himself and buying them in bulk. So we had a bunch of bulk and then buying a bunch of graffiti, uh, like streaks and shit. And then buying the spray can, buying the tips in bulk. And we would go around all the like hip hop stores and some tattoo spots that sold graph stuff around the Bay. And, um, and he would sell, you know, just like a old school salesman before the internet and shit. And we'd go and he's always selling shit. And, um, doing whatever i mean i always grew up like uh racking and boosting always stealing my own food and pens and paint and whatever it may be but yeah he would always uh he was always doing that and he always had it in mind too that he wanted to make his own graffiti magazine and and uh and then do a whole distribution company with it and um yeah and so i was always there and and um but him and uh what ended up turning into his wife, they um, like nineteen ninety nine. They met. We all met. We painted a lot together. She did graffiti also, and um, and she was a good graphic designer and self taught graphic designer and and everything. And uh, and uh, I always liked taking all pictures and footage. And I uh, was kind of all into photography and that kind of stuff. Not like I mean I was young, so it was just like a random thirty five millimeter. Camera and uh, just regular film camera, and then Chris's video camera. Um, I just had kind of a natural, I guess, a natural thing too, because people would always compliment my footage and stuff, be like, "Oh, okay, cool." And uh, but yeah, and then it was kind of, and I moved to Portland, and uh, we'd come down to visit, and he would talk about it, and and uh, they would get it going. Actually she was on got it out and was on house arrest. So she was bored and I and I uh left my full picture collection down here with Chris. So in case I didn't in case I got arrested or something, I wouldn't lose it in Portland and then she kinda started making pages and messing around and uh and then me and Chris like would throw back and forth names and everything and and then uh, yeah, I came up with clout and uh yeah, the first magazine went to print in 2001 and got it back early 2002. And then, yeah, he straight, like, just hustled same thing. All the stores, he made a big old trip to L.A., went to all the graffiti stores, the hip-hop stores in L.A. He was able to connect with Tower Records, where their warehouse at the time was in Sacramento. Went with him a couple times. And then, uh, you yeah, know, the rest kind of history, I kind of wanted to always do clothes. I kind of saw before Streetwear got all popular, kind of saw it coming and was like, I'm gonna do more clothing lines. Well I mean, he made some shirts and stuff anyways, but I kinda when I moved back from uh Portland, I was like, let's get on this clothing thing and um started doing more of that. He did and then uh yeah, going to Tower and then when Tower went out of business, he made a really good business move because they owed him uh whatever thousands of dollars. And instead, he's like, "Oh, how about I get all your back issues of your of the magazines?" So instead of getting paid out, he got like f- bought all these graffiti magazines for like ten cents on a dollar or something. So we had the whole distribution company, and uh, yeah. So and I was always there, always a big contributor because I always like taking a bunch of pictures and take a bunch of pictures of trains and everything in uh, in Portland, and I'd always send them all my doubles, anyways. Just case okay, something happened, and then, um, yeah, and they, they would make the magazine, and I would help take care of accounts up in the Northwest and stuff, stores. And and then, uh, yeah, and then when I came, moved back, kind of started helping out more and doing more. And then uh, the accident happened, and I didn't do, I wasn't able to help for years, but then as of the last, like, five, 10 years, started doing a lot more.
0: Yeah, because so so for people who weren't around to witness Clout in its heyday, it was a pretty, it was a it was a it was a movement. It was definitely a yeah. movement. Uh, DL, you remember Clout? Definitely. Yeah, like it was big in the rap rap scene. Mm-hmm. Um, just hearing you say that, you thinking ahead of the streetwear game. I mean, definitely that was def- that was definitely obvious was mm-hmm. am i am i correct phil emerson taking yeah he um yeah, yeah. shout out to phil to
1: yeah we that's, uh, right. that's right yeah we uh well originally yeah chris had the idea he wanted to uh it's not just a graffiti uh magazine but music also and everything so we had a lot of uh, music interviews and so you had some, different some
0: people yeah like nicotina <laughs> and just Blaze yeah. and
1: um, um yeah we had san Quinn, two Short. Mm-hmm. um yeah, but, uh, a handful of others, yeah. Just Blaze had uh, a lot, yeah. So that was always in his mind, and um, he had a friend, uh, or he had a friend, I didn't know him very well, but did a lot of the music stuff who lived in the valley. Um, yeah, and then this guy, uh, uh, Steve uh, Faustina, who was a graphic designer for, um, for like, uh, shit, what are they called again? That's horrible yeah Francis For Coppola the wine company mm-hmm. and all that he does all their all their imaging and all their mm-hmm. wine bottles and but yeah, yeah all kinds of shit he like he'll be like posting like his screening of watching movies with like George Lucas and Francis For Coppola at their little theater house theater or whatever like damn like he came up hard but he yeah he helped a lot with clout for a while graphic designer and uh Yeah, no. I became big after my accident. Phil, uh, Phil kind of was just um, hitting me up on Twitter and stuff, and doing some designs and like, hey, what do you think of this? And you can maybe make a poster of it and this and that. And and then, uh, yeah, and then I, uh, then Chris noticed them too and started talking more. And then um, I was down in LA in the recovery homes and not able to do much, but uh, through that. Chris and Phil connected and, and, uh, yeah, Chris had all, had the, oh yeah, cool Keith, cool Keith interview. Um, who else? A bunch of, uh, people, but yeah, Chris, Chris started hooking up Phil and, um, with the, uh, we had the connections and Phil had the photography skills and, and editing and everything. And so it kind of worked out together, you know, and then we started doing the clothing. Chris started doing a lot more clothing, um, and the hats and everything and then Phil yeah would, uh you know he would um do the photo shoots and, and include the clout stuff uh, yeah with the uh with the different mostly rappers and he's expanding done all kinds of stuff yeah, now yeah out to
0: Phil ever said hey Phil yeah. answer your DMs bro I'm trying to get a shoot bro you would it never hit me back what's up Phil call you out man let's get it come on yeah <laughs> come on, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, shit, no, actually, but, um, yeah, uh, me too, damn. Yeah, come on, Phil, yeah, let's get it. Yeah, come on,
0: you dope, bro, let's yeah. work. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... No, because, like, uh, I think Mr. Fab and Droopy have the cloud oh, hats you on the album out, yeah. covers. I mean, you guys were making the rounds. It was a noticeable brand, I think. So you, were you designing the clothes at that
1: time? Um, uh, well, not really. I don't really good on computers. I'd have ideas for some designs, and then somebody else would draw it up and... And and uh, actually design it. Um, lately, the last however many years, I have a little bit more computer skills and would help with some of it. Um, but more more ideas, yeah. I guess the brainstorming part and and that kind of thing.
0: I mean, I think. You, okay, so let me let me just paint this picture because uh, that that bold clout yeah. snap back. Pretty iconic.
1: Yeah. Um, that was actually that Steve Faustina, okay. who came up with that original logo, who okay. works with uh, Francis Ford Coppola now.
0: Okay, know? yeah, I mean that was that was pretty brilliant because it just makes such a statement. Yeah, um, and it's so it's ho- so hard not to notice. Now that I'm thinking about it, and we're talking about it, and again, being we're talking early, early 2000s. Yeah,
1: did you guys also do the Savage? Was that y'all too Savage? Savage. That- uh, No. Okay. Or, yeah. Are are you thinking villain? I don't know. The reason I'm thinking of that is
0: because that, like a big, bold font like that with one word on the snapback.
1: Well, originally, yeah. Well, what what, kind of what happened with that was um, made issue one and had a big big, um, clout logo uh, that Sam Rodriguez um, uh, designed. And he was big bold right on the top of the magazine but issue two there was no uh like bold um there was no bold logo it was a photo it was a photo of uh up here in San Francisco of like a, like one of the uh whatever it doesn't really matter but uh and there was no uh there was no big logo on it in the top and and it was kind of funny because I was like oh the magazine like because they're their biggest uh our biggest buyer and seller at the time was Tower. So when you're going to Tower, you need to be able to see clout, like, in your face, like, right there, because you have to—the way they set up all their magazines and stuff. So I was like, oh, we need to—clout needs to be up at the top and bold and, and blah, blah, blah. And it's funny, because we went over to Tower to to bring them the new issue. And then the guy brought it up right then. He's like, yeah, hey, you guys got to do this. And then I was like, kind of like, oh, shit. And like, oh yeah. So like, oh, we were already talking about that. So smart. And that's kind of where that that originally came from. Um I know a lot of the ideas are Chris's. Couldn't didn't design them personally, but hand them off to the designers and and yeah, uh, yeah he was always the uh the editor.
0: I think I think a lot like, of streetwear uh, brands were, were taking notes. Yeah.
1: On yeah, and I'll look back at pictures of me painting and having like the having the logo up in the top back of the shirt. And uh nobody was doing that back then, and stuff like that, and just seeing uh yeah just different things and then
0: yeah i felt- also know. feel like like San Jose very proud of clout yeah the the clothes and the magazine,
1: yeah, a lot of hometown support mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of the local rappers and a lot of local people there was a um Henry Park for a while. Uh, was this uh spot where the clout shop was and Phil's office and uh Har- actually Harv and Phil had that office together. Um and then uh yeah and so they'd always throw uh they'd always throw little uh concerts and shows and, and like uh have barbecues and just uh, they didn't want to deal with food licenses and they weren't worried about the money anyway. So Chris would just buy a bunch of uh food and, you know, give it out for free and make a bunch of hot dogs for the community and come out and watch a free show and have fun. Eventually, like, food trucks start coming and vendors, and it got bigger and bigger. And, yeah, I've got uh, a lot of uh, lot of pride with that. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's dope, man. Yeah.
1: Wine being, like, at the time, well, when Cloud was first made, there were all other American graffiti magazines fell off. There was nothing. And so that was another reason he wanted to do it because he had all the magazine issues from the other companies, but they weren't putting out anything new. So to have like the number one graffiti magazine, kind of in the world at the time, it uh, was in the world at the time, um, from San Jose, you know, was a was a big deal, you know.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, so, it, was, it was definitely a movement. So, so you mentioned. Um, the accident kind of took you took you away from being able to work on on the magazine
1: yeah for about like 4 um, years
0: obviously that's, that's that's a big part of your story and uh you know we talked offline about bringing this up but I just wanted you to to hear people to hear that story directly from you mm-hmm. if you want to talk about um, what happened
1: yeah actually uh well uh i um for myself, for my 25th birthday, and I was doing good doing my different things, and claw was doing good. And whatever, I bought my, uh, for my 25th birthday, bought myself a uh, Cadillac a CTSV that had the, uh, it's kind of a sleeper because couldn't really tell that it was a fucking, it was like a muscle car, mm-hmm. like an American muscle car inside of a, it's like Cadillac. It was like a souped up Corvette inside a Cadillac frame or what, And, uh, Kind of like body and um but yeah I went out to Sacramento to work and check on some accounts for uh, clout and stuff and uh my boys at the time would always like take a cab to the clubs and bars and the plan was to bring the after party back to the house you know meet some girls whatever it may be and come home or if that didn't work out take the cab home um but I was like oh I got my good car brought the caddy let's take this let's girl out of my car and and I'd done good, made a lot of money that day. And, uh, so I just started buying drinks and we were, they were already getting It's Friday night, just at the house drinking. And then I show up too with a, another 12 er and then we get to the bar and start buying a bunch of shots and mixed drinks and everything. And I blacked out. We all, all three of us pretty much blacked out. Um, it was uh, Sayer, Acro and, and me, um, yeah, luckily, the fourth person, our boy, uh, Soul, happened to be down in L.A., because that would have meant a fourth person, their third roommate. A fourth person would have been with us. Somebody would have been sitting behind me. But, uh, yeah, blacked out drunk, and we think we were, like, giving some girls a ride home after the bars, because the car was nowhere. Uh, the accident was nowhere in between the house and the bars, and found, like, a little handbag. Makeup bag in my car or something. But anyways, yeah, I was uh, driving eighty five and a thirty five, tried to make a right hand turn, and I uh, just blacked out, drunk, and hit the uh, hit the median, and, and it snapped my axle. shot Shot my car in the air, uh, like one hundred and fifty feet in the air, like in a corkscrew, on fire, and uh, landed. Hit the driver's side, landed on the driver's side, luckily, and hit a tree. Or else I would have into a gas station and there was a uh, cop at the gas station who saw the whole thing and fire extinguisher, gave the fire extinguisher to a bystander and he came and I was already not breathing. I would have died right there, but resuscitated me or whatever that word, priests. Yeah. Whatever, um, brought me back. And I just remember him telling me, you're going to be okay. And then I don't remember much from the next couple of weeks, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I ended up in the hospital out there um, in Roseville, Sutter Roseville. And uh, yeah, I guess my heart coded five different occasions where they had to use the uh, defibrillator, the paddles, um, pneumonia, they thought it was going to kill me. Uh, and then I got like a 108 uh, temperature or 107.9, 108 temperature that they they told everybody to say their goodbyes because either I was going to die. Or have brain damage. They kept expecting for like that to happen, and I kept coming out of it. Well, I came out of that, uh, came out of that fever, and uh, it killed a pneumonia. That fever killed a pneumonia, and I came out of it just fine. Cause um, I guess they had some of the friends come into my room, and I don't remember, but I guess I was making some jokes uh, with my friends, and they're like, "Oh, it's Benny. He's fine. It's just it's same old... I couldn't talk. Um, cuff trach I was couldn't breathe on my own or eat on my own so I had a, a ventilator and then feeding tubes through my stomach and all kinds of shit yeah and then my the feeding tubes popped out of my stomach and fed into my abdomen and caused a huge infection in my torso and everything and that was crazy and I like watched them do surgery on like cut me open and cleaned it out and it was a trip it was crazy like not being able to feel it I could feel a bunch more now but uh yeah, it was nuts and I wasn't supposed to uh yeah, I was in the ICU for three and a half months there at the hospital. And um yeah, I was expected to die. They told my family that I was trying to die. That's why my uh that's why my cart kept quoting. But all the homies, everybody like fifty of us, like fifty of my boys and their ladies and families stuff like showed up from all over the west coast, all over the country, New York, Hawaii. Um came through and, and they were like, fuck that. We know Benny. He wants to live. He's, and they tried to compare me to like, to, um, Christopher Reeves, Superman, shit, like, you know, have no quality of life and this and that. And they're like, they, but like, uh, and they tried kicking him out and they like, wouldn't leave like two waiting rooms full of people and ended up having a meeting. Their presence made the doctors like have a meeting like in a conference room with them. And so eventually they got they got uh well um they got the they got the hospital to switch doctors to someone who like believed, you know, and was actually gonna try to uh try to help and stay on, instead of just saying I'm trying to die. And uh and they woke me up. I was in a sedated coma having these fucked up dreams and but anyways, they woke me up uh to ask me who I want to make my medical decisions, and I just reactively just said, Chris, 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 Chris. So he made sure that I wasn't uh, on a DNR because the doctors were trying to do the do not resuscitate DNR and stuff. And uh, basically, yeah, saved my life. And uh, yeah, and um, yeah, it was nuts because I had these crazy near-death experiences or dreams, whatever it was, where I was a vegetable (laughs) I was like, you know, a vegetable in the hospital, where um, I couldn't breathe or I couldn't talk or any communication at all. Couldn't move, couldn't my eyes, and I could just tell all these people talking around me. And I remember just in my mind, like, like telling my mom, like trying to tell her, like, I'm still in here. I'm here. I'm here. Don't pull the plug. Like, I may be a vegetable, but I'm here. And they put me in these like morgue drawers, and it felt like all night, like it was just me being awake in a in a black drawer for, like, yeah, like, I thought it was a vegetable, like, it was, like, dreams that felt like they lasted days. They probably did because, uh, yeah. So when they woke me up and my boy, uh, E-Dub was standing there and I was able to, like, like, communicate, like, mouth mouth words and he was able to talk to me and it fucking, like, hit me and it made me appreciate shit a lot more, too, like, like, I'm not a vegetable, I'm fucking, I'm alive, you know, my, one of my in my, one of my close friends from Seattle was there. Yeah. He, yeah. So it was like, I'm in SAC. I wake up to one of my friends from Seattle, you know, made it. And he's like, yeah. And everybody was all high. I guess I remember some people visiting and some not, but he was the one I remember waking up to. And yeah, I was nuts. It was crazy. So when I had, well, I had a uh, death cheater tattooed down my leg that I'd gotten, uh, like a week before the accident that, uh, it was for a tattoo benefit from my boy in, um, Seattle, who almost died when we got in a brawl and he got stabbed a couple of times. And, um, and, and it was a close one, but, uh, so they're tripping out on that. They had this brand new, tattoo. tattoo. And I kept, they kept thinking I was going to die. And then when they're doing the defibrillator, I have a reason to survive tattooed on my chest. So they had to see that also. Yeah. So they were all tripping out. And that's kind of where the phrase, where the Death Shooter name came from. Uh, yeah. That is... Uh, it was just nuts, yeah.
0: Yeah, that is a crazy story, man. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for sharing that so openly. Shout out to your crews and your friends because it sounds like they really held you down.
1: Literally saved my life, yeah. yeah
0: that's what a crew yeah. is supposed to be. If 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 it ain't like that, then, uh, I mean, I don't know, man, because that, that's some real family family shit really yeah. coming together, putting it all on the
1: line. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my actual family was like, why are they even here? They're not family. Why are they even here? And my little brother was like, sorry to tell you, but he's been closer with them for a long time right. than they has been with us. So. Right. Yeah.
0: You you know, I think it's good that you share this story because it really is uh, a warning about drinking and driving. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, don't. Yeah, you might get away with it a hundred times, a thousand times, but it only takes once. Yeah. And I just think, uh, thankful every day that I didn't uh, hurt, you know, two of my close friends that were in the passenger seats and thankful that the, like I said, the fourth homie was out of town, who had usually been out with us. Their other third roommate, which would have put somebody in the back seat behind me, like, yeah, I, I'm, just, yeah. yeah,
0: for real. And 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 leading up to that, where you were it was alcohol something you were struggling with, or was it just one crazy night?
1: No, uh, I didn't realize I was struggling with it, but yeah, I drank quite a bit, yeah. and uh, drinking and. Drank and drove a lot, too. Um, you know, got caught, uh, got pulled over a couple of times and played it off. So I thought I was even more invincible. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but then having that crazy freaking fucking rocket ship of a car and right. being blacked out and paid the price, you know.
0: Well, that's an, I, the reason that I ask is because, fast. yeah, that's another part of the lifestyle. Unfortunately, Mm. a lot of graffiti writers end up getting caught up in in drugs and alcohol. Um, And uh, without any judgments, I just just like to share things. I like to share the real side of shit like this because uh, I've seen, I've dealt with my own issues over the years and I've seen what it's done to people around me. And um, for any writers or anyone else out there struggling with these issues, it's like, it's not too late to change.
1: No, and, yeah. Um it's never know, too late.
0: Yeah. And and on a positive side, uh, I really feel like you're you're here like part of the reason you're still here is to inspire people, bro. Because your story is really inspiring, man. And the fact mm-hmm. that you were able to pull through that, I'm sure there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um since then physically and mentally, but you've definitely you've come out on the other side yeah. and uh, you've been able to put a positive spin on things, make death cheater part of your brand um,
1: yeah.
0: and make the most out of the life that you have, appreciate it, and inspire other people to do
1: the same yeah. thing yeah it's uh I think it's one thing that kind of Comes with graffiti writers is like, like you're saying, the graffiti is addicting. So a lot of us are addicts, either through graffiti and as you get older, start drinking and, and then doing other drugs. And then over time, some people just keep graduating into high, worse and worse drugs, you know, and, um, or just saturate themselves in alcohol and coke or, heroin or fentanyl these days, you know, shit like that. And so um yeah, a lot of times when writers are fortunate enough to sober up, they go back to graffiti, um, which some people think think's negative and this and that. But I personally don't think it's negative. I you're able to get yourself uh clean and sober and to me it's something uh um positive or what's the word I'm looking for or um Whatever, but it's a good thing. Yeah, doing art, you know. Some people have their opinions on that art, but but overall, it's a lot better than doing drugs and hurting somebody yourself or as somebody else, you know.
0: And and you haven't let your injury stop you from creating.
1: Yeah, that was a big uh, a big thing.
0: Yeah, that I imagine that helped get you through it, like mentally, but. I think it also speaks to your drive and your motivation and your love for the art that you basically developed the technique to paint with your mouth.
1: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the person I am. Um, like I didn't never meant to inspire or I, I mean, I love that I can make an influence on other people's lives, but it was just me being me trying to, keep going, you know? I mean, um, originally at the uh, recovery homes in LA, it was like they came around, these ladies that would do like rec time. They would do like board games with people or you could watch a movie or you could do this. And they're like, they knew how I uh, painted and stuff. And they are like, well, you could paint, you could do it with your mouth. But it felt like some weird, like grade school, uh, arts and crafts time, kind of like yeah. felt kind of stupid or I just was kind of, Negative, you know, been paralyzed a couple months and, eh. But then the next time, I just try it. And then I tried it on a piece of paper. And they had some bunch of old paints and a piece of paper and mouth stick thing. And I tried it and the rest is history. Like, that was it. Once I I was able to do it, I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah,
0: yeah. so Um, practicing that, I'm sure it's like almost like learning can control, right? Like, you have to practice the technique.
1: Yeah. I mean, then art
0: painted, Then he painted his nurse's titties <laughs> Don't leave that out Did you? Really? <laughs> is uh, that a true story? <laughs> yeah the
1: Fucking nurse's titties. One of the nursing students
0: Are you serious? Yeah
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that's part of uh, That's like we're talking about services Earlier painting oh, Shit And like uh, that, And damn. that's and that's a part of graffiti Is the whole Pin doing graffiti on girls Body art, yeah and body art stuff um,
0: Well, that'll 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 help you that's good for yeah. your mental recovery right there yeah
1: right? no nah, that that helps <laughs> you um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, videos well, i guess i'm gonna have to include that once i get home to do send you some pictures but um i've painted a couple girls since the uh accident
0: that's what's up um,
1: Yeah, a couple of, uh
0: there's a lot of dudes that can't even paint some titties with their hands, man. Little in yeah. their mouth, man. That's savage right there.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I was just saying was that uh, yeah, a lot of like the art comes out of your head. It's not through your own hands and arm. Like so, like the letters and everything were still there. And uh, yeah, I was just learning the pretty much I can control, but just mouse control with the with the brushes and getting a t- technique down that worked. Um, worked in my own way to, to clean it up and make it look like almost like what I used to do, you know? So I've gotten better at it. Sometimes I'm not so good. My body's shaky, my mouth's shaky, and I can't really clean it up as well. Or I end up doing the extra layers. And with the acrylics, that starts looking all thick and like, uh, like kind of chunky looking or whatever. But it's just the way it is. And I guess it's different because... Yeah, instead of using like paint markers on a model train I got or on a canvas, I'm doing real acrylics so well I think you're the paint. first
0: the first writer in history to use this technique uh I mean especially on actual freight trains, which is amazing too and also
1: oh yeah that was yeah
0: that speaks to, again to to the the love for your crew that they you know bring you out there and support you in doing it
1: yeah one of our um yeah, one of uh, one of the homies, the uh, um, homie Rain, uh, a friend of mine. Um, well, we're all close friends, brothers. But he um, he moved to Seattle and had like heard about and seen this yard that was real flat, and thought that I could uh get to it and get in, and we had to try to figure out and talk to different people about where it was, and I'd actually been invited uh to it a couple of years beforehand by by a guy who lived real close it's kind of in his yard and um and we figured it out and he pushed it and he was like let's go do this since you could use a paintbrush with your mouth and we'll go out there and see what's up and we went out there the first time and I did something real small and and like kind of realized like I could do more I could do maybe something like almost normal size and um yeah, we went back out there the next weekend and got all supplies. He he uh he um pretty much came up with everything, the mission and got the paints ready and got uh, you know, made sure we all woke up at five in the morning because none of us were <laughs> I definitely don't wake up early anymore. Um but uh yeah, and he facilitated the whole thing and, and got out there and we and we did it, pulled it off. Um In total, I ended up doing eleven trains by mouth. Wow! Um, But yeah, the one that's on the video was the the first real one, Um, and that was dope. That was fun. It's a good day with the homies, and it was weird getting out there and just like everything melting away again. Like the experience of of like like uh, so I know a lot of people paint for like to get away from life and just be able to relax and not think about anything else for a while, you know, the rest of life just disappears. And I was out there and all of a sudden I'm just like, like, Oh yeah, this is why I paint trains. Like nothing else mattered at the time, you know, it's just, it's just getting this painting done. It fucking killed my jaw and my neck, but sure, but it was, uh, it was worth it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's what I love about painting to this day is that when I'm really getting into it and, I'm, I'm just watching the, the paint come out of the can and hit the surface. And then I could be on a busy-ass street, a lot of going on, a lot of mm-hmm. traffic, sound. And then at a certain point, I realized, like, man, I'm not focused on anything else. Yeah. There's nothing else in my the life. The rest
1: of life N- drops away, yeah, all the stress. And, yeah. and I've
0: been doing a lot of um, workshops with kids and stuff, too, where I go and teach them. Drawing techniques for spray paint. Techniques oh, that's awesome! I see them having. The want to same talk effect. to kids?
1: Oh yeah, let's, let's do it.
0: Let's set, you actually, set yeah, if you,
1: like, got, yeah, yeah, that'd actually be great right, if you're already doing that. I'd yeah. yeah, time yeah, to yeah. talk to them about you know choices and just like yeah, where you choose in life make a big difference down the line.
0: We'll definitely um, put something like that together. Uh, have you have you tried it on walls too? That
1: technique? Um, no, not yet. Okay, I actually planning. We're gonna do a couple things since we're up here in the city, mess around a little. Uh, right now, when we're done with this, <laughs> me and the homie Harv and a couple homies over there, uh, Mikey and Bazooka. But uh, we're gonna, um, yeah, with the mouse stick. But no, well, the jaw. Well, like mouse stick, I could still do like regular painting at my house and stuff. But the but train, like real trains, that shit took too much out of my jaw. Like my jaw was like. I thought I'd permanently fucked it up, like like six months. Was, it was painful, hard to eat and everything. And I was like, no, but now having some ideas for like a helmet system to connect a uh, stick and brush to the to a helmet so I could paint with my head. I'm sure it'll be some work on my neck, but that's no big deal. It's weird because now my neck is like the strongest, most muscular place in my body to, because of the... Uh, accident and I use the computer and painting and everything. I have to use my move my head around. But yeah coming up with a a, um, helmet system. And this new wheelchair uh, raises up about a foot so I can get up even a lot higher. Um, But then yeah I do want to do some uh, some walls.
0: I predict that at some point you're going to develop a technique for spray paint. I have a feeling that's a possibility. Yeah, that'd be... They're not too distant future.
1: Yeah, there's all kinds. If you're looking online, people are coming up with all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. So maybe that would be, yeah, something where I could press a button on my wheelchair and push down the spray nozzle on the front of my head or something. And something, could, yeah. Do some crazy shit. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Or people doing like... Programming drones to hold the spray can and yeah. do some shit like that. I'm, I'm fraud, at, man.
0: Whatever. Let's just keep innovating,
1: man. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, um, and there's been, like, other, um, a lot of other, like, uh, people spinal cord injuries or quadriplegics and stuff. Will, I'll give them advice. There's a, a couple writers out there that do things um, that weren't as much in the game, but still, like, f- f- uh, mouth painting is a pretty big Big thing, um, not just graffiti writers, but just in general.
0: Yeah. What, so uh, there that, there's that movie, My Left Foot, right?
1: Yeah, some people paint with their feet too. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and then he used his mouth too, right? And then, maybe yeah. I gotta. Yeah, or was it just his foot? I don't
1: know. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. I've uh, seen a lot Similar of different kinda, stuff online. Or, concept. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of different stuff, so I kind of, with my uh, ADD and shit, I'm not. <laughs> particular with names and everything, but, but, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of great stuff happening with te- technology and everything. A lot of negatives with technology, but a lot of positives too.
0: Well, yeah, man. Tons you're, of positives. You're, so. you're making the most of it and, and you've been doing like, um, commissions too. You got a, yeah. a recent, um, you guys, you did some work for Capcom Street Fighter.
1: Oh yeah. They, uh, yeah. Out of nowhere, they just, um, Think they were looking for artists that represent like, like the fight in you and to continue pushing yourself no matter your situation. And, and, um, some people reckon recommended me to them and they hit me up and I was honored. Yeah. I did a, uh, painted a, uh, piece for them, a stop sign, but instead of it being a stop sign, they wanted, um, they wanted something like a, a quote or something, something related to video games, but then also related to me and um there we were going back with different ideas then i had the idea for uh to be continued um you know like video game when you're at the end when you want to keep going and uh they love that idea and yeah it was great painted uh, a couple of them came out one of the guys from japan and and one of the other the, the other uh videographer that came from la and they uh yeah, they came for a couple of days and painted that and then took some other footage, you know, some B, B-roll B um, stuff. And, yeah, that was a great, good opportunity. The piece now is that at at uh, the Street Fighter office headquarters in Tokyo or, or something in Japan. So that's dope. Um, I know they included some of that video in the game. Street Fighter Six. it just dropped... Um, beginning of June and I like in our generation like Street Fighter 2 that was like the biggest fucking video game ever so So it was was just like and that's like what I did when I was a kid like before before graffiti I was saying I just got out of my house and ran the streets or whatever um yeah at those times yeah that was like my first hustle was asking people for quarters for the payphone because my mom didn't know where I was but that's what I said anyways and then then uh those quarters went to Street Fighter Two, so, so uh to the arcades, so yeah. So when they hit me up, it was like, like oh shit, yeah, it kinda like, it's kind of like my childhood. Me would have been like, what? Like, gotta be kidding me. So yeah, kind of a uh, kind of a dream, you know.
0: Yeah, it's dope, man. It's so dope. Um, so what's 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 next for you? What's coming up? And and how can people support? support you and support what you're doing um
1: well yeah i've been getting hit and like medical bills and everything and i just have like a really expensive life now everything costs so much and and don't and insurance doesn't cover so much or if they do they it's going to take six months to get and i need the shit now so i've had to uh you know i've been lucky with my uh friends and family and benefits and and stuff to be able to uh make some money, um, have a GoFundMe up right now. Um, that's still going. And, and what I don't really like, like just asking people monetarily just for money. So come up with products, uh, to, um, to give them for their generosity, some like uh exclusive, um, uh, um, Oh, I should have brought one for you, but the, uh, uh, enamel pins of, uh, like a, uh, a uh, that was, it looks like a truck I painted in Oakland back in 06. So it was kind of a, uh, replica, not, not an exact replica, but close. Or now we just, um, now with my boy Harv's help, went through all my, uh, went through a lot of my train pictures and made a poster and, uh, through, uh, Deaf Projects printed them and we got some posters made that I'm, I'm signing and, uh, I'm going to be, um, yeah, selling them, or maybe connect that to the GoFundMe for people that make a uh, make a, a certain amount donation. will get a get a sign poster in the mail, you know, um, and that kind of deal. Uh, so yeah, or um, you know, shop.cloudonline.com well, yeah, has we'll all put, the. Uh,
0: we'll put those links in the. Yeah,
1: has the so. cloud um, has all the cloud gear and everything that we've been working on for forever. You know, that's pretty much Chris's baby. Um, um, along with his, his whole army of kids, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So and I appreciate all the support everybody over the years, continuing support and everything. I don't know what else I would do. I mean, I, you know, it's hard to even express, like put it into words or anything, or when people tell me oh I'm inspiring this and that. And don't really like. It's just like so deep. Don't really know what else to say. But thank you, you know. And I'm just doing my thing and grateful what what I have gone through. Like at least has a purpose and at least could help other people. i mean, just doing my thing. Just trying to continue creating and painting, you know. And, and other things too. Gotten into like video editing and trying to do other things on the computer or like, uh, luckily with my new, uh, wheelchairs, a wheelchair, able to have my phone on it. And I've been able to take some cool pictures of the homies or whatever, the kids, my god kids, or, um, yeah, when we're at the train yard, I'll just go and just go and sit. A lot of times I don't even paint. I just go and hang out and make the, just the nostalgia, the smell of the yard and just, not having anything else in the world to do, just chill, let everything else melt away. But, um, yeah, it's kind of on, going on a different subject.
0: No, no, but so uh, good. but it's
1: uh, yeah, so um, yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Benny Dyer, and usually I have links or have my latest project up on there. I'm um, in the middle of writing a book. I've been writing forever. I need to get back on it, and I'm going to do that. Start a Patreon up and and uh, for my book. So I have like I'm good with deadlines, you know, and schedules. So when I have that going, it'll it helps a lot. And uh, yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Well, that's what's up, man. Uh, I I can't wait to see to see all this stuff come to fruition. You already know whatever you need support. Just hit me up. I'm, I'm, I I'm
1: appreciate that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, thanks again for having me.
0: No, thank you, bro. I'm I'm really glad that um, we made this happen. I'm glad that uh, our, our platform here was able to host you and your story. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man, this is, I really, you know, this is the thing. Let me just say for everybody watching this is really, really, what I try to get across on this podcast. I'm not, I'm not, we're not putting shit out for, clicks and crazy story we could talk about beef we could talk about drama we could talk about all types of crazy stuff and sometimes we do talk about that stuff but the number one thing here is to preserve the stories of our artists and the people that have made an impact and um Benny Dyer is one of them and it's undeniable and he's continuing to make an impact so what I really hope when it, every time we record one of these podcasts is that it inspires people. When you hear these stories about people pursuing their dreams and pursuing their art and the the crazy ups and downs and the journeys that it takes you, I hope it inspires you people out there watching this to take your own journey. And um, I definitely have gotten some inspiration just by sitting here and talking to you, bro. So
1: once yeah, again. And this, and the, uh, yeah, and thank you. And the support I get from... From everybody else keeps me going too so I like I appreciate and thank you all for for the inspiration for me as well it keeps me going you know um if I was just on my own I don't know if I would keep going you know if I just was painting a room and no one saw it you know or whatever it may be but hearing that how much it affects other people it helps me helps me keep pushing me you know when I'm sick or I've had a couple of close calls and hospital visits and that kind of stuff. But just remembering, like, got to get back out there, you know? Can't stop. You know? That's,
0: right. That's don't, right. I don't
1: have a choice in the matter. I just got to keep going.
0: That's right, man. No matter what the situation is. And we'll, like I said, we'll put all your links and everything up here. So um, thank you. people can get in touch with you. And um, let's just keep building, man. Keep me posted on everything you got coming up. I'll do the same on my end. And, um, you know... Yeah, we'll we'll continue to keep rocking, bro.
1: Sounds good. All right. Oh yeah.
0: Shout out to everybody out there watching this. Shout out to the whole team. We got a damn dynasty team up in here making things happen. Come out to the history of the day. Bay, uh, the history of the day Bay party The history of the Bay day party
1: Yeah you got a nice lineup I was looking at that Yeah man. man It's gonna be dope Are you gonna to be able To it. come through? I want, I want to I'm gonna I try know. But yeah, we, my we'll life's get... hard To uh, to uh, schedule But I definitely want to Yeah if possible uh, dope, Just
0: let me know We'll,
1: we'll get you A lot of dope with, rappers And everything Yeah
0: we'll get you Accommodated up in there um, But for the rest of I mean Benny Dyer Endorsed it Come through to the damn show Um yeah, and thank you guys for watching. Thanks to all the sponsors. Shout out to DTC KYT. Shout out to the crew in the building. <laughs> we out of here, y'all. Peace and love. Recognize where you got the gang We got our own style, got our own slang. Northern California is a West Coast thing. This is the history of the Bay. Recognize where you got the gang. We got our own style, got our own slang. Northern California is a West Coast thing. This is the history of the bank.